How's it going, everyone? I'm Bert. And I'm Fonz. And this is Bert and Fonz. Now, Fonz, there's something really important I want to talk to you about today. Okay. Something very important I want to talk to you about. Important to me, anyway. And this is the ancient astronaut theory. Have you heard of this before? Eh, I've heard some things, but not much. Haven't paid much attention to... I don't usually pay much attention sure, to things Sure, sure, like sure. So, yeah. Well, let me just tell you exactly what this is. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so the ancient astronaut theory presupposes that thousands and thousands of years ago, visitors from another part of the universe came to Earth and helped shape humanity to the point that we know it now. They didn't just run away uh, horrified? No, 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 no. no. Okay, because that would have been my guess, <laughs> since you're theorizing. No, no, I mean, there's a couple different ways to interpret this, but the main, the, the main core of the theory is that throughout history, we have been visited by beings from other planets. Mm -hmm. And at key points in history, they have helped us and shaped us through big developmental growths, um, as it were, as humans. Oh, so they're also a paternal kind of gardener figure? That Yes, exactly. Okay. That's one way to look at it, is that they like came to Earth, they saw us, they saw our potential, and went, you know what? We're going to nudge them a little bit in one direction mm -hmm. and help them out. Now, there's many different ways that that's been interpreted, whether it's through malicious intent and or to help us. For instance... A lot of um, different references to gods or deities in the past are often referred to as these people that came from the heavens, mm -hmm. which could just be our interpretations of these alien beings coming from the sky. We didn't know that they were from a different planet. All we knew was that, well, this guy with a lot of power came out of the sky, made some stuff happen that I can't explain, so it must be like some sort of god or deity. Hmm. So it's... Okay, so not to cut no, in please, too much, please. but it's just kind of another angle on the bullshit of um, humanity needs a father figure or a parental figure so that they can delegate responsibility on them. So they imagine somebody very powerful that comes here right. and tells us what to do right? so that we don't have to. Right. Kind of or not thing. even imagining, but just reinterpreting like, yeah, that may have actually happened. Right. Well, no, but the, the reason I say that is because my one of my main skeptical, my, my, my main points of skepticism with religion is that it's kind of highly it's kind of childish of humanity to expect that somebody else is going to be more powerful and they kind of have the answers absolutely you know and it's just a way to cope with the fact that we have an expiration date and we can't handle that shit <laughs> so anyway do do tell um, all right all right all right so let me let me let me get into it now so, that now that we've kind of set the baseline for sure, what the topic sure. is there is an idea that homo sapiens as we are now mm -hmm. have been genetically modified Yes. Are, are you? Have you heard about this at all? No. But no. okay. Okay. So, as opposed to yes, the evolution could have got us there, but we were sort of like pushed forward in evolution because we're some we're some type of biological experiment of a superior species, right? right. Or civilization, so, even we don't even know if it's a species, right? Exactly. Okay. So there's a theory that in the cradle of life, yeah, um, the home of what is known as the ancient Sumerians. Mm -hmm. was established as a gold mining colony for these visitors. So they came to Earth, and they said, we need this resource because it helps our 
our ships or anything because gold, as we know, is like a very good electrical conductor, um, used a lot in NASA to help like reflect heat and um, a whole lot of different stuff related to space in, least in the sense that we know it. Okay. So there was a theory that they came to Earth looking for this resource and found Homo sapiens at the time and went, okay, so it does have, this planet does have a native species. They are not developed enough to understand us, understand commands, and we can't really use them in any way, shape, or form. They're very primitive. Okay. So there's a theory that... So they just took Homo erectus, they tweaked their gene pool, and turned them into Sumerians. Right. Okay. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah, so, yeah. So, I'm here to summarize. So, the Sumerians, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Sumerians were just genetic experiments. Right. And so... Meanwhile, the Chinese were over in China evolving <laughs> in a different... And the aliens didn't give a shit about them. Okay. Right. So, seeing what life forms were available at the time... Yep. The Sumerians were genetically modified to serve as a slave species to help this mining operation of gold by this alien race that they then called the Anunnaki. And, uh, sorry, and this um, this current of thought believes that gold was actually a product they were after? Right. They're that specific. So we don't know about their technology, but we do know that they wanted gold. Right. Okay. We don't know much about their technology. We know that stuff has been related through stories. Um, okay. And also, the ancient Sumerians are one of the first people to actually start using written language, which was the cuneiform. Yes, that we know of. That I, we know of. I believe Chinese. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. But yes, the cuneiform is certainly one of the first archaeological findings of right. writing that we have. Exactly. Did, did we know that they were gold miners? I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was specifically called out in the ancient Sumerian text that okay. the Anunnaki, these beings from the heavens, came down to earth um, to look for this substance. Okay. Wow. So I've read about Sumerians a ton. I've never read about that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to look that up. One thing that sort of like a little bit of evidence that helps support this is that up until ancient Sumeria, they were, I mean, humans are very tribal. We didn't have like actual cities and everything. We had like, okay, so these are our gatherings of like huts or that's not really, all kinds of stuff. But we didn't not have. That's case really. Well, so. What I mean is that advancement in the sense that there was like a gridded city network. So we are assuming that urbanization starts in Mesopotamia. Mm-hmm. See, I would, uh, we'll have to look into that. Perfect. Yes, because Mesopotamia is, is certainly, Sumeria is a an ancient civilization. Mm-hmm. But I think that parallelly Chinese may even go even further out in the past. Well, if that's the so case, that was not part of what I was told. Right. I'm sorry, I don't mean to derail, but I can't help it. I can't, <laughs> I can't help. I'm just going to put a little stamp out there that everything that I have am relating today is not any sort of facts, hard facts that I know to be true. These are all anecdotes that have been expressed to me through um, books and a television show that's actually called Ancient Aliens, which is all about this particular topic. So with that in mind... Let's keep in mind that don't take any of this for a hard fact, obviously. This is all theory, and it's just sort of fun to think about. Okay, let me ask you this then before you go any further. So when you watch these shows or you relate to these books, there must be something that's offered in the form of evidence. Or is it more like informed speculation? There is. Uh, well, it's a little of both. So there is evidence right. to support things, okay. or at least that they claim supports it. And then there's informed speculation of, we know that this is a thing. There's not really an explanation for it, but it would go a long way to help 
tell this particular story. So we, yeah, so we're, we're, we think that this might fill in the gap with this. Other right, thing. Like, exactly. Okay, all right, okay, well, that's, yeah, that's how. So other evidence to actually to support this mining claim mm -hmm. that things came here specifically to look for this um, substance, gold, is that in the Pisco Valley over in South America, there's unexplained holes that are about three feet apart, mm -hmm. between six and seven feet deep, and number in the thousands that mm -hmm. stretch over a singular line. And there's a theory that this could be from an ancient robot that was sent here to sort of like start digging and mining and you know reporting back to the mothership saying, hey, Just we've actually found... Probes. So much like the robots that mm -hmm. we send out now... Or the probes to like Mars and everything yeah. that like dig little samples and everything. Mm -hmm. There's a theory that this was caused by one of those things. Now I want to show you a picture related to this. Just the fact that this exists and there's no explanation for it. Right. Why it's in this perfect line. Why they're exactly three feet apart always. Right. Why they're always exactly six to seven feet deep. There were some people speculating that this was some sort of um, a ritual that the people native to this land at the time would have gone through. But carbon dating has these particular things happening before there was a lot of hmm. like Homo erectus or Homo sapien um, activity happening mm -hmm. in this area at that time. So this goes way prior to what we know in Correct. prehistory and stuff. Okay, interesting, yeah, sure. And of course, I'm not to be a hater, but I'm kind of—I have to be the voice of dissent in this one. Mm -hmm. um, you know that the less we know about something, the, the more the we, more we can yeah. speculate about exactly. eighteen thousand different theories right. about. Something. And there's actually another good counter theory to this: is that yeah, it would wouldn't it be fun to think that was the case? But there's also many many cases in nature that talk specifically about, or just like there's also many many cases in nature that demonstrate how natural formations that happen to be like geometrically correct and like fall in sync and order mm. happen all the time. So, I mean, if you look at the stripes of a zebra, like actually having like these distinct stripes mm. are uh, the seeds in a sunflower and how they're a perfect golden spiral mm -hmm. that happen all throughout it. Like it happens in right. nature. Nature actually forms geometric. Exactly. exactly. So that given is, enough time, point that that is plausible that that's just what happened here. right like these are just natural formations that happened because of the way that tectonic plates were shifting or there was other influences that well, happened e in even that the area. way rocks crystallize they crystallize in, mm -hmm. in very pure geometric shapes. exactly so, yeah yeah so, that makes sense so there's there's counter arguments to it but they're using it as evidence to support that this is plausible that they came sent a drone yeah. said okay there is this resource came here went you know what? We don't want to dig for it ourselves, and we see there's a race dumb enough on the planet already that we could elevate a little bit to understand commands and then sort of rule over right. and make them do the work for right. us. It just seems like a lot of gaps filled, not just one speculation theory. It's like, and then this, and then this, and this, <laughs> and then the guy that programmed the other guys was wearing a green hat. It just seems like a lot, a lot of filling in the gaps. And right. so, so, you know, like anything that we speculate on that's valid mm -hmm. but um but still it can be questioned it can be poked full of holes and sure and it just sounds i don't know like with the incas for example we know the incas didn't have the wheel right so that has spawned all of these theories like how did they build all these things how did they get all these rocks up there how did the right and you know it could be usually the tendency is magic 
you know, or somebody with powers helped. Right. And the other one is like, they had technology we don't know about. Exactly. You know, they figured something out and they don't have a record of it. Well, they would have had to, right? Right. To move some of these stones that are like tons. They're, they're literal tons. Right. That you can't just like tie some rope to and just drag. Maybe they didn't move them. Maybe they were there. Well, that's another consideration. There's a, so what I'm, I guess, so what when my they're point formed is, in like these perfect lines and everything. So like, let's take Stonehenge. But, but they could sculpt them. But they can sculpt them. So my point is this. My point is, for every maybe, there's another five hundred maybes. Oh, of course. That's my absolutely. Point. And I know it's I stating the obvious, but I have to here mm-hmm. because later, when you ask me to give my, my opinion on some things, that's <laughs> what's going to come into bear is going to be that. So, no, that's good. Cool. So more. Tell me more about other uh, informed guesses that. That support these uh, this theory. Well, here's where it gets interesting, is that so now we have the theory that establishes that perhaps in ancient Sumeria that was since that's considered the cradle of life, and that was sort of the starting point of advancement as we knew at the time, right? Again, that's a very European centric way it, to look at history. But okay. go on, go on. I I don't know if I would say European centric, but I, I mean, would. Okay, so it comes from the Romans. Um, think everything starts in Mesopotamia. Right. We, the Latins, the Mediterraneans, think everything starts with Rome. I'm exaggerating, of course, because right. there's, there's the Greek, there's the Carthaginians, there's a ton of stuff. And then in the States, you know, the Germans and the English worship um, the Roman Empire, so to speak, to exaggerate a little bit. And, you know, they replicated in the States. I mean, and if you have any doubts on that, just go to the mall in Washington, D.C. <laughs> and look, you know, and observe how Abraham Lincoln looks like Zeus right. in the Temple of Zeus in Athens. He looks right. like, And it, it looks exactly the same. It's neoclassic. Right. Anyway, um, it's... But in the meantime, now that we know our history well, we know that um, the Chinese were figuring stuff out like a thousand couple thousand years before well and that's a really great point because not so far away from this area in like where the where the ancient sumerians were Mm -hmm. not too far away from that over in turkey um there's actually in i don't know how to pronounce this i think it's sun sun alurfa okay i think that's how you know either i don't i don't know specifically but this location in turkey actually has an ancient site that was located by a local farmer in about 1994. Okay. He's just out walking his field, and he sees this weird kind of rock sticking out of the ground. He's like, that seems very strange. He starts digging it up. Turns out to be a 19-foot-tall pillar. Okay. Stone, uh, just stone carved intricately by really, really talented stonemasons. And he went, this is weird. Okay. And so he starts digging up the rest of it. A little ways down the line, scientific community gets wind of this and goes, well, we got to go check this out. This is obviously the beginning of some form of ancient civilization because they're finding more of these pillars in circular patterns mm-hmm. inside of these big stone structures that yeah. shouldn't exist there. They do, but they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. Hmm. Turns out that there is a gigantic civilization with a whole lot of circular structures uh, built out of perfect circles of stone, dozens of these massive pillars built up there, 15 tons per column. Okay. So for the past 13 years, there's been this German paleontology team digging it up and have been carbon dating it as they go. Mm-hmm. And this civilization, these stones, date back 12,000 years. Holy shit. Really? Now to put that in perspective, that's 7,000 years older than those same Sumerians that we were just talking about 
that are supposed to have been up until we knew to a certain mm-hmm. point, like the start of advanced civilization. Right. Yet this set of structures from 12,000 years ago mm-hmm. are much more advanced, have very advanced looking um, carvings with tool or with like some sort of stone carving tools. And what's weird is that as they're digging this up, they're not finding any sort of evidence of tools at all. No stone carving tools, no agriculture tools, right. no, no nothing. But yet they have these giant perfect circle buildings with these giant pillars and these very intricate carvings. And it's just, it's very much unexplained, which is forcing people to think like, okay, clearly that's not when like advancement in human civilization started. Right. It had to have been, but then sometime before, right? And, and we keep making discoveries. That that's that's true, right? Um, yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if some things um, have to do with the fact that, uh, and this is t- totally me pulling stuff out of my ass, of course. But um, if not finding evidence of tools has to do with the fact that twelve thousand years ago, it's a lot easier to not have any evidence of tools if they've been made with a material that wasn't stone and yet stone does preserve right you know what i mean so here's an actual overhead shot of like what they've been digging up so far but showing these circular structures with these giant pillars so each one of these here these pillars Mm -hmm. these are all about 19 feet tall from top to bottom okay and with these super intricate carvings all throughout them of different animals um but it does still look prehistoric it doesn't look that foreign it to an extent except when you think about the time frame right of when this is being done but why again why just because we don't have knowledge back to that time but that doesn't mean that well we do to an extent so twelve thousand years ago when these were carbon dated to mm-hmm. i mean that's just after the last ice age realistically sure and so what we knew of like advanced civilization at the time were cavemen Right. Doing cave paintings and blowing dust on their hands and walls. But, yes, my point is, though, that because we didn't know that before... Right. ...doesn't make us have to go to lead to magic. That's well, kind of it's my not, point. So it's not magic. Right. They know that this was done with carving tools of some time. They, right, they, right. they haven't found any, which is weird. Okay. But it doesn't mean that... It's a whole connecting the dots. I mean, I'm not assuming magic for any of this. Aliens, guess... So it's always related to technology, but it's not magic. I don't know why you would say magic. What I'm saying, I'm being, I'm being um, sarcastic. When I'm using magic, I'm kind of saying it quote unquote to refer to you know all these ancient alien type of theories. Like, hey, this we just found this shit we we know nothing about, so uh-huh. it must be there was magic involved. That's kind of what I'm saying. That there's sure. like a higher power sure. or superpower. That's what I mean. Like so there's some other explanation that has to be that. That kind of stuff. Yeah. That that um. It just grates on my ass a little bit, you know, <laughs> when people do that. It's like, hey, look at this. We just found out something that we don't know anything about in a period that there's no way of knowing much about that we didn't know anything about before. And right. now we found this. So, hey, you know, some aliens came out of UFO and trained a bunch of people and changed the genetic. That's where I'm going. Right. And I'm, I'm kind of being your hater a little bit on purpose. But no, that's, I'm that's telling totally you that I don't cool. entertain these things all that but much. Here, just... Bite this one off for size, too. Sure, sure. Because not only are they doing these intricate carvings, which, okay, now we've established... I mean, we people doing art form of the time at that time, it's not entirely outside of their own possibility that they've also had tools that we didn't know about and were doing similar carvings. Because if we take those carvings and put them up against 
some of the cave paintings at the time, there's a lot of similarities that we can draw from like the stylization of things. Sure. Okay. That's sure. been established. But what's interesting about the carvings that are on there and the animals that are depicted is that they're from all over the place. So there's animals that have never, to our knowledge anyway, never lived in that region of the earth that are depicted there. There are all sorts of that like... That we don't know. That, that we don't know. I'm going to stress that we don't know because obviously right. we didn't know about this place even until we found it. And That's we're like, yep. okay, so now, now it's here. What the fuck does this mean? Like we have to rethink things now. And this is true of all human discovery. Exactly. We it, we find something out, and that just breaks a bunch of assumptions, and right. we just have to reconfigure them. Right. Time to rewrite the history. And, and validate. Well, that's, that's the whole I, both history and science. Science, as I was taught, has to question itself all the time. Like sure. A good scientist, a good scholar, a good historian does not can never get married to preconceived. You know, like when you get evidence that proves something that you held true right right questionable you question it anyway go ahead please but yeah all, all i've been trying to say for the past couple of minutes is that it's interesting that there are carvings of animals that they should know theoretically people of this area should know nothing about because they've never lived in that area and that we know of at the time the only way they got around places were nomadic in nature so just walking mm-hmm and so it's unlikely that we'd walk halfway across the globe to know of this particular bird or insect that has never lived in this area, yet there are carvings of it at these locations. But you don't think that in 12,000 years, a ton of migration can happen? It could. So it could. And extinction and or, you know, I mean. Well, that's the thing is that there's been lots of um, myths and legends about like huge extinction level events that have happened mm-hmm. throughout Earth's history. Yeah. And rumors of advanced civilizations that we just have forgotten about. And now we're actually starting to uncover evidence that there actually may be some fact behind some of those myths. That maybe life as we know it didn't start with evolution from the point that we gathered. Maybe it had a reset button at some point. Okay. So the fact that there are these carvings, there are actually some people that think that this is some sort of... Um, altar site to what was possibly a giant stone ark of some kind simply because of the variety and different types of creatures in the carvings here because Mm -hmm. as we know that there are thousands of myths about great floods happening um so like noah and his ark and like there's just throughout different religions and cultures and civilizations throughout time every one of them has some sort of story that relates to a giant flood coming, erasing things, oh, we, we, and coming back well, and yes. rebuilding. So we have evidence of big floods. Oh, there's there's definitely been big floods, What's, but in relation to like these types of extinction-level events. Right. What proves to me that some of the people that are talking to this, about this don't read that much mm-hmm. or don't, you know, is the fact that you mistake somebody telling you that the world flooded because that was their perception mm-hmm. that the actual entire world flooded, which is right. not exactly. what happened, and we don't have any evidence of that. Or there might be... I mean, we do know that there's been glacial ages, and, and we do know that, exactly. there's been, that there's been submerged parts of the Earth. So I don't know much of anything. Okay? Sure. I know very little. Uh, but the thing is... Well, same, to be honest. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, there was a time where I thought I knew a lot more, and I knew even less than now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as I get older, I realize the little I know as I learn more stuff. So one of the things that I used to think when I was younger that I think a lot of these 
think tanks also are in that same echo chamber mm-hmm. is that we know as humans we know a lot more than we actually do you know so and so a lot of what you're saying is resonating to that to me it's like the world flooded no the world didn't flood this part of the world did exactly and it wasn't the whole world and the 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 further back down we go in history this is what we don't get from school mm-hmm. the least prepared we are to know what the hell happened and sure we got told that but in school, you actually come across, come out with the impression that, yeah, hey, science has come a long way. Otherwise, we wouldn't have trains and airplanes and iPhones and shit. Right. And so that means that we must know everything that happened. And so we forget, and then we, we, we lapse into this unconscious way of thinking that we know everything about the past, that our prehistory is very well documented, that we have scientific ways, because we have carbon dating, yep. we can carbon know anything, which isn't true. We can find some things thanks to carbon dating, but very few, very limited things. There's a ton, a million different, exactly. myriad factors. I going can tell on. you how old it is, but I can't give you any context around it. So that's my point. Context is very important here. Right. So here we have a bunch of people, and I love this about humans. We have imagination. Oh, we're great at telling stories. Yes, and that, <laughs> and that makes us significant in a way because we're really irrelevant in the universe. But we. We make up stuff. So I'm sorry. We're filling in all these gaps. Right. And these gaps are humongous. And that's my point is that. So when I hear you say all these things, I kind of go back to some knowledge that I have of the Sumerians, of which isn't much. Right. But it's kind of more than the common knowledge that I hear when talking in, in the usual conversation. Sure, I speak with a scholar and I'm probably, you know. So um, that's kind of what I'm saying. So a lot of these theories have a lot of wobbly legs. Oh, of course, of course. They're based on some kind of stand that really doesn't exist or isn't real founded. So that's that's what I'm getting. They get better. They get better. Trust me. Let's hear it. (laughs) Uh, There's some of these I can't wait to tell you on and just get your uh, feedback on. But one thing at a time. Okay. So the only thing I want to finish up on um, with the the, the last of talking about this, um, the arc thing, is that yeah, it's weird that they had all these different depictions of things they shouldn't know about, or at least that we know they shouldn't have known about. Mm-hmm. Um, yet they did, and they had all these depictions. And the way that these stones were so perfectly preserved after all of this time, because even something buried will oftentimes still kind of erode over time just with natural weather and everything, right? Oh, yeah. Except the way that this was preserved in sand almost seems like it was intentionally buried. Why? That's not my question. When you say that, exactly. How does that? So that's the great question: is why? Because it was, or just because we have a? We don't know why, because that's very different. Well, so there's there are theories that one, it's just because of the area was a little more arid back then, and so it was just more sandy. That actually supports buried everything. That that is good evidence because we know that to be true of other. Exactly. Okay. There is another theory that yes, that was also true, but. Because of the reverence that the people who carved this would have had for it, maybe there was like, there was a theory, and I stress theory on this one. Right. So you just said maybe in theory, right after saying evidence. That's what I want to stress onto you. Keep going. Well, okay. So there's there is evidence that that temperature difference and the fact that it was more sandy at that time, mm-hmm. more like a Sahara desert sort yeah, of thing. Sa- uh, yeah. Arid conditions preserved. Exactly. Better. Yes. Exactly. So we knew that was there for a reason. Mm-hmm. The theory and the big maybe here is that whoever built these structures actually had such reverence for them that they didn't want them to be discovered by somebody else down the road 
who were more barbaric at the time, let's say, and wind up destroying them. Right. So they deliberately buried them right. in order to preserve it and potentially come back to it later in life. Okay, so that is a great hypothesis. It's very beautiful. Yes. Supported by no evidence. Nope. That's what I'm Not saying. at all. So It's pure speculation. Right. So that's what I find with these kind of things. Every time I ask for evidence, we end up in speculation. Well, that, I, I'm, so, not, I'm not talking honestly, about you. I'm talking about everybody that I've talked about with something like this, we end right, up there. Right. So for the most part, I will say that what fascinates me about this ancient astronaut theory is that there's just enough good storytelling to make it almost plausible until you actually start to dive into the details. Right. And then you're like, wait a minute. That seems like a giant assumption. Right. But again, it's these stories that I'm like, I, I would like to believe that's true. Right. Here's the other Because thing. it's a fun story. Without evidence, I get that completely. Without evidence, your assumptions are valid too. They're just, they may be highly unlikely. That's the right. whole thing. Right. So that's what I'm saying. That the, the time component is what right. makes it unlikely. It's not... It could have, if we if we have no evidence to support it and we don't have evidence to debunk it either, mm -hmm. it could it's in the realm of possibilities, that might, however remote, right. right? But still, but still, but still. <laughs> so, so I want to do a little flashback to our episode about history, flashback. and specifically talking about Christopher Columbus because we both love him, we hate him, he's an explorer. So Christopher Columbus himself wrote in his journal. He wrote a bunch of stupid shit. Too. He wrote a bunch of stupid shit. But in his journal, one of the things that he wrote on the 11th of October in 1492 was that he and several members of his crew, while they were on their way to the New World, witnessed a light in the water that was seeming to keep with their ship as it was traveling in the night. They all thought it was kind of weird. And they were watching it for a long period of time. It was and Captain it, Nemo in the Nautilus. That would be an excellent story. Jules <laughs> Verne already wrote that one. God, I love Captain Nemo. Yeah, but we have to talk about this. They called it. He called it out very specifically that it was this light traveling under the water, and it was keeping pace with their ship. He also said that the American continent was the West Indies. This is also true. But I mean, even just the light alone. Like, that can be explained by a couple different things. I mean, we know there's a lot of things that give off bioluminescence. Uh, there could be creatures in the water that we haven't discovered yet that give off bioluminescence. That, we know a that, ton of them that give up already. Well, but that, that would exist. be able to keep pace with a galleon going at full speed. Right, right. I mean, it, it, could, it, it seems weird, but there's, I mean, obviously there's stuff that we could explain with that. Mm -hmm. Until, until, and the next part of this report is interesting, the light comes up out of the water and floats in the sky for a little while and then breaks off into several different lights in a perfect row. Okay, I've never heard of this. Is this evidenced? Is this it, is actually written down in I, his journal. I, that's really interesting. I want to read about that. Yeah, okay, we'll yes. have to find you a link to that because this is actually written in his journal that he witnessed this. And this is on the first expedition? You know? mm -hmm. Okay. Going to the a New World for the first time, this was something he witnessed. Got it. He and several members of his uh, crew have to do some homework on and it. he thought it was really interesting to actually see it come up out of the water and hover around the ship and then break into these line of lights and what was more interesting is that columbus looks at it and he goes that actually reminds me of a menorah because of the way that the lights are hmm. uh broken out in a straight line okay so then they get to the new world and suddenly in his report anyway 
um, the natives come flocking out to their ships when they first arrive because they've never seen many things like this. Mm -hmm. And they're like, these are incredible. These giant floating things that bring men. One of the first things the natives asked when they got there after they were trying to learn and interpret what they were saying was, did you also come from the heavens? Right. Well, yeah. Yes. Meaning that these people had met others from the heavens before Christopher Columbus had gotten there. Really? Is is that evidence of that? It's not evidence, but that's that's like that's the interpretation of it. So it's like, are I've you read also other, from the heavens? I've I've read other interpretations that some native people had these myths, mm -hmm. saying that the gods would come across the great sea one day, and would bring a lot. You know, and, and that's kind of why they thought the Spaniards were gods. Right. So there's there's a there's I, I can't remember which people they were, but there's a few native people that right. Had, that theory. So when they and when they saw the horses, right, they thought they were two-headed monsters with six legs. You know, because they thought they were together. <laughs> Seriously, exactly. Um, so, but that's other. I don't know if that's the people Columbus met or not. But I don't know. But that's that's interesting that they there's that that belief is also out there. Right. So that doesn't mean what I'm trying to prove to you is that doesn't mean that because they thought. Well, that, I never said it means anything. Oh, you kind of did. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. All right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So they get there and they say, are you also from the heavens? And so this makes Columbus think of these lights that he saw on the way to okay. the new world. Okay. And just that it's very odd. Yes. And the funny part about all of it is that when they went back home after, you know, their conquest for the first time to the new world, when they came back home to report what was going on, one of his shipmates, Gutierrez, mm -hmm. you're familiar? Um, not right now, no. Okay. So one of his shipmates, Gutierrez, actually reported him to the Inquisition because he kept saying these lights reminded him of Menorah. And he's like, oh, Ugh. Columbus may be a secret Jew. You know, I, I tend to believe that happened. <laughs> From what I know, I tend to believe that happened, unfortunately. Yeah. So then he has to try and explain. They're like, well, are you a... You kept saying Menorah, are you a Jew? And he's like, no, 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 I just saw some weird stuff. It was, this, was, this must have been right after the expulsion of the Jews or right before or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But being actually reported to the Spanish Inquisition at yeah. the time. By the way, the Inquisition originally is Italian, just so you know. Well, I know it's that. famous for being Spanish because it went really out of control down there. But yeah. Oh. Yeah, we'll talk about that another one. Um, another day, another thing. Yes. But interesting, interesting story. Um, and I do believe that because back then, you know, there was a lot of paranoia going on. Right. So Spain went from being a three... Um, right. I'll drop this right away, but it went from being a three-religion country to expelling the Muslims and the Jews. Right. And becoming just a Christian right. country. And um, a lot of Spaniards, like myself, believe that we went down a few notches after we did that. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that as well. But, uh, yeah, and we'll talk about that. I think we have interesting stuff. We've already talked about that. Yeah, we have a couple more, I think, that I don't, I don't think we've discussed. But I'll tell you about it later. Right. Cool. So for anyone interested in a little more... Uh, behind our thoughts specifically about Christopher Columbus. Go check out that episode. Okay. So how are you feeling so far about all of this? Mm, skeptical. Good. Skeptical. I like it. I, I like the story. I just, it just, it's, it's cling to too much wishful thinking. So as much as I like fantasy and I like mm -hmm. quirky stories and I like things that are off the beaten path, when they become too simpleton for my taste, and I don't don't take this the wrong way because I'm not talking. About I mean, I'm you. just relaying you stories that I've heard. Right, so. right. I'm I'm talking about those that have contributed to build something like this. Right. It generally shows, um, you know, 
people that just want to fill in the gaps of knowledge, or right. whatever's most comfortable to exactly. their um, little echo chamber. And um, I personally try to run away from that uh, because that's where I was born in. And, sure. And I wanted to evolve out of it. I mean, that's a part of where I was born in. I actually, I, I don't want to give bad credit to some of the people that have been a great influence as a child because <laughs> I've had the privilege of being with people that have told me, read you know, become right. knowledgeable. Explore, and always owe, question. Right, and I owe those people very much. But on the other hand, the social environment where I was born to was a place where people believe what you're supposed to believe. And uh, right now that we're friends, you know that I am specifically annoying because I try not to fall into that almost too much. Right. Maybe, so. Well, there's even times where it's like... <laughs> I, I, I know that there's been a couple moments and it's just like little small things, but it's like, okay, Fonz, this thing is true. And you're like, is it though? <laughs> and I'm like, it's literally right there. I'm sorry, okay, yeah. well, hold on. Let's try and think about it a different way. And then like 20 minutes later, he's like, okay, fuck yeah, that's just that thing. Yeah, that's I'm open to evidence. <laughs> I'm open to evidence. I was taught to question stuff. What do you want from me? You know? The same with journalism. Like there's all this whole blue with journalism. Journalism is not about whether you work for a big TV station. Right, right. It's whether you look at your sources, you look at contrasting sources, and you right. triangulate the signal. Exactly. That thing we talked about that one time. Yeah. I like that point a lot, by the way. So if you really like stories, I saved one of the best ones for last. Now, there are innumerable plethora of things that we could talk about with this particular topic of this ancient astronaut theory. There's so many things I have not got into yet, diving more into locations or what we touched on briefly with like these giant monolithic stones and how are they even moved what sort of technology would have had to exist at that time to make it happen so there's all like i'm saying there's a lot of different things that we can talk about but i wanted to end this one specifically with a very interesting one that i as soon as i heard it i was like okay okay what the fuck so, because I had that reaction, okay. I was like, okay, I got to tell this on the podcast. I got to do it. So, there's a guy named David Childress, which is one of the, the guys that is on this show, Ancient Aliens, a lot. He's an author. Okay. Um, the book that he is most noted for, at least from the show, um, and I have not personally read this book yet, but I may actually wind up picking up a copy just to read through it, because if all of his theories are like this... I'm in. I want. I just want to know what is in his mind. Okay. Uh, but the book is called Technology of the Gods. Okay. And he gives this theory that since aliens first came to Earth, they never actually left, hmm. and that they have infiltrated. Well, not infiltrated, but just have stayed to observe and monitor. Okay. Um, through individual, like, secret bases, like in mountains or underneath lakes or places that we can't get to easily. We could get to, mm -hmm. but we just haven't yet. Mm -hmm. And so he, he thinks that there's still, like, these undiscovered things um, all around the Earth or even something potentially even bigger than that. Mm -hmm. So... Let's just say that if another species were to ever come to Earth now in the future or have been, mm -hmm. it's theoretical that if they did not want us to know they were here and had a giant ship, they might stop off at the moon and like park the mothership behind it so we mm -hmm. wouldn't see it, right? right? Or detect it. Right. With that being said, thinking of it as almost a pit stop point, what's interesting and this is where he kind of like starts to tie these things together is that there's an actual report from NASA 
that says that during the Apollo missions, mm-hmm. the command um, the command module kind of got out of hand and actually crashed onto the surface of the moon. Mm-hmm. This is a, an actual report from NASA, and they said that they're supposing that the moon is actually hollow because as soon as the command module hit it, there was an actual like ringing, like a bell okay. that came off of the moon for hours. Mm-hmm. And it just rang and rang and rang and rang. There's also a couple of craters all over the moon that obviously we haven't been up there too many times to do some real in-depth exploration. But there are craters up there that so far we have not been able to find a bottom to that just seem to almost tunnel straight through Mm -hmm. the moon. And so there are theorists out there that want to believe that these could be entrances to the center of the hollow moon. The moon is a wiffle ball. Essentially. It's a wiffle ball. It's basically one big cheese ball. It's a one big wiffle ball. (laughs) What's different than a cheese ball? A cheese ball is solid. Wiffle ball ain't solid. I guess so, but I always... When I think of a wiffle ball, it always makes me think of Swiss cheese, so I think cheese. Okay. All right. (laughs) That's pretty dumb, but that just makes me think of cheese. That works. That's cool. (laughs) So because of this, Childress goes on to suppose... he, He... he wants to believe, and so he says, there is enough, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, evidence out there to support that the moon itself could have potentially been not only brought here to help kickstart life, but is actually a hollow base of operations for these aliens as an eye in the sky to constantly monitor growth on the planet. He says that it's almost, theoretically, like a Death Star of sorts. (laughs) Because think about it. We could not have life on this planet if we didn't have that moon. Okay. Because it creates tides and actually makes it so that there's different weather patterns and all kinds of stuff. So we know that without a moon, life on this planet would probably not be... a a factual thing. We would not be able to survive long without Do we it. know that? Well, we know that life wouldn't have jump-started without the moon. That's not evidence that it's a parking no, spot. No, no, no. That's it. not evidence at all. I'm saying that as far as the moon goes, we okay. know it's a necessary thing. So because we know it's a necessary thing mm-hmm. for life to just start on the planet itself, they want to make the assumption that what if that was brought here? Because mm-hmm. of the fact that it's hollow, what if it was actually brought to the planet where they said this has potential and said, we're going to start our own thing and parked the moon right there in order to kickstart life happening right. on earth. So Robert, my brother, you, um, I love you. We're both <laughs> creative. I like your artistry and I love your imagination and I love your, your, your thirst and love for cool stories. But these are so many leaps in logic. Oh yeah. So um, I'll tell you what I know. I'll tell you the little I know that makes me, question all of this so much please do um and i'm going to make a quick disclaimer that i make other times but um in my 20s i read a lot i had in europe i had access to a library i took two books a week out mm-hmm. one fiction one nonfiction, usually quality i've forgotten most of the authors um, a lot of the stuff that i say is stuff that i remember from then uh, I may some of it might be wrong because the author was wrong. Some of it might be bad recollection. Some of it I might be right, and you might think I'm not. Um, if anybody has anything to contribute to this in question, I'm more than happy 
to look at that. I really appreciate that because that's what discussion should be about. So if anybody that's listening wants to question anything I said, please let us know. We'd love to hear about all that. We want to Well, learn. it goes double. So not only what you've said, but anything either of us say. I, I, I switch over to a plural. I, I start saying we. <laughs> you started that, to. Yes. No, at the, at the end I say I, I just want to stress it. But yes, I, I meant we, we do want to hear about that. So having said that, here's one thing. I read uh, a few books um, about the universe and about physics and right. you know I'm, I don't know all that much about that but these are the things that, that I understood very well I think mm-hmm. one was the universe is humongous absolutely not just in space but in time like compared to what we think it is we're almost like our solar system is almost like an atom in a structure of at- that's that's oh, yeah. it's, it's comparable to atomic magnitude so that's how huge the universe is. And like I said, not just in space, but also in time, which means millions of years. We're a droplet. Our history, our oh, 2,000 yeah. years of the Christian era and 3,000 years of the Egyptian empire, all of that's a well, droplet. Even just the history of the earth itself is still a drop. Correct. Correct. And like the creation of this molten little piece of magma solidifying right. and condensing and becoming a planet, like even that yeah. is just a... And the sun, the sun is a small aster. It's not even one of the bigger ones. Like we used to think, you know, first we thought everything evolved around the Earth, and we realized we evolved around the sun. Then right. we thought the universe evolved around the sun, and now we know we're just going around here. So, <laughs> knowing all of that, there are two things that we can safely assume to be a fact. One of them is we cannot be alone in that hugeness, right? In that huge, huge expanse. The laws of probability just forbid the fact that why would we think that we're the only place where there's life? Right. There must be life elsewhere. Now, the other thing is if we take into consideration that that magnitude, the possibilities that we coincide close enough, number one. Number two, that one of those civilizations has found its technology to come and find us. And number two, number three, that was number two, sorry. And number three, the fact that we can coincide in time, that this didn't happen hundreds of millions of years ago, or that this other civilization right. will happen hundreds of millions of years after we've extinguished ourselves. Right. Make it, make it more likely for um, Bert and I to win the lottery this week <laughs> than for any aliens to come visit the Earth at any time that coincides with us, let alone give a shit about what our well-being yeah. or about using us for mining or you know or farming us it's not out of the realm of possibilities but it's just so remote and unlikely yeah and then when i hear somebody saying they parked a ship in the moon like why do we think a, a, a superior civilization would travel in ships even that's what we know we know these little containers that float around maybe that's not how they do it that maybe that's why they can do it i don't know maybe they've maybe they perfected teleportation teleportation technology. i was gonna say that so yeah if we if we start imagining stuff and you know Bert, you and i have good imaginations we kind of i think so yeah we like creativity we like storytelling we could come up with all kinds and we're of both things. are big fans of science fiction already correct and we could come up with all kinds of things that doesn't make it true so that's kind of why i say like, when i hear you talk about these things mm-hmm. i experience cognitive dissonance with what I know <laughs> and with my way of rationalizing with what you're telling me. I'm like, it's kind of a cool story, but if we're going to make up a story, we could make up a much cooler one. Right. Like I saw it in the comic of Tintin once even, you know, like an ancient alien thing. Right. So and we okay. can talk about that one day if you want. So I get where you're coming from. 
I just, in order for me to become more engaged and more fascinated with that, I would have to hear a lot more than maybe they had a, a cloak that made them fly. Right. You know, maybe they had a super fast car. Do you know what I mean? I, I want it much less simpler than that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and I kind of have a feeling that it's like, yeah, the Sumerians, uh, we don't know that much about the Sumerians and they were like really, what we do know, is they were really focused on agriculture. Yes, they were. Um, for them to give a fuck about anything else. I mean, I, and I think that if we had like a some kind of farming civilization that were farming the Sumerians, mm -hmm. they would have taken care of feeding them. I don't know. There's a, there's so many questions. So it's interesting. I, I like it. I hope I haven't derailed you too much. No, I mean, I, I just think it's um, it's really nice to have that alternate perspective because, again, these are not my personal thoughts and beliefs. I'm going to stress that. You know this, but I'm going to stress it for everyone else. Like right. These are not my personal thoughts and beliefs. I just find it really damn fascinating. It's one of those things where you start listening to it and you're like, this is just so unbelievable. Like, I can't not just hear it out. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I want to know what just what's going through your mind. What, where are you making these connections? Because honestly, when I'm watching these or listening to or reading these books, I'm like, I want to try and believe this so very hard, but I need something more concrete to latch on to, mm -hmm. to be like, okay, now I'm going to even just entertain the idea that this could be true to some extent, but I'm still not, like, I'm still not buying the farm, you know? I'm right, still right. not going all in. Right. It's just that it's just so interesting to me. And because I know that, again, like you said, there's, like, there's an impossible, it's impossible for a, there not to be something else out there, but for it to coincide seems very I've, unlikely. I, I read this actually from a couple of people that do know our... Um... So I think might have, one of them might have been even Carl Sagan. I'm not sure. Like it, mm -hmm. was, it was a couple of authors of heavy authors at the time. And I, I remember it was, like I said, in my 20s, I was concerned about learning certain things. Now I'm concerned about learning others, very different right, ones. Right, right. But back then, you know, I was more of into what you could call now more formal intellectualism than I am sure. now. And, uh, and like I said, like I find it as fascinating as you do. The, th the thing is... Suspension of disbelief gets shattered the minute I notice that the people that are formulating these hypotheses don't know all that much. True. You know, so when it's like, they part the ship on. You know? Because cause a lot of Oh, it, man. The m moment I heard him say, almost like a Death Star of sorts, and I was like, are you kidding me right <laughs> now? Are we going to try and say that a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away right. is not just some line out of a movie, but a factual statement? Right. That's... <laughs> that part blew my mind. And hey, guys, guess what? No, and also, guess what? Um, there were a lot of a fantastic science fiction stories before Star Wars. Star Wars, oh, Star yes. Wars did not start the science fiction genre. You know, genre. Um, I don't think anyone listening to this show is going to believe that anyway. I think some people actually do. I've been like shocked to see that. They don't, but they kind of act like it. You know, and I, I watched I watched Star Wars. That's how old I am. I watched the first Star Wars when it came out. Yeah, it was a great movie. So, all of that, all of that considered, I mean, bottom line, they're just, it's a really interesting theory, and I stress theory. No matter your belief in, like, aliens, or whether they've come to Earth or not, or actually visited us, discoveries like this place in Turkey, like the Golbeki Tempe, just go to show that there is a lot that we actually do not know about history on this planet, even. That there are clearly things that we have thought to be fact that are not fact in any way, shape, or form. 
and that we need to completely rewrite our understanding of things until we have a better understanding. Like, that's just my personal belief and thinking. Because, I mean, whether or not an ancient alien civilization helped these people make these giant stone carvings or whatever, or it was an ark or whatever, the fact that it's 12,000 years old, which goes back so much farther than what we ever thought civilized the civilized world as we know it started just blows my mind it's like it's doubled the history of humans at this point as we know them so what i want to add to that right is that we never stop second guessing what we know and that's something that i don't think is general knowledge we kind of tend to think from school that we know we're almost done knowing things we're just like finding little details well that's the way it's taught to you in history class correct and what i'm saying is this whole thing that we keep discovering things that throw our assumptions topsy-turvy. Right. That is the reality of human existence. That is the reality. So what I want to add to what you've said today, which I found very interesting, by the way, um, is that because we second-guess everything we know, Mm -hmm. if we're going to make leaps of logic and filling the gaps with imagination, I I much prefer those that are based on a little bit more of what we know than just leaps of, you know, sure. leaps of knowledge. I guess I, I want to do suspension of disbelief. So I need fiction to be <laughs> a little bit more credible to me than some of those things. Right. That would be my, right. That my makes sense. That. that makes sense. Cool. So that was really interesting. Thanks Rob. Yeah. Uh, just, it, it's something that's on my mind a lot. Um, and every once in a while, like I just think about it or I watch some sort of like movie and it just takes me back to like thinking about that because up until a couple of years ago, I had never even heard of this ancient astronaut theory. Mm-hmm. And then w- watching this, reading about it now, I'm like, it's, it's just, it, it's an asinine story with just enough of actual history sprinkled in to where you're like, I'm at least curious I think it's um it's um it's an aggregation of different stories. So some of them are I think are more credible than others, but they're right. just mixing them all in the same pot. Right, exactly. Uh, so have you seen Zeitgeist? No. I recommend that you watch Zeitgeist because it's kind of the same thing you're describing. A lot of it is not all that well evidenced. Right. But it's like, oh, th- that's a good question. Um, oh, I didn't know that. There's a lot of that. So I recommend I recommend that you watch that series. I will. I will. Um, if you have curiosity for the ancient aliens there, which I could see how it would be entertaining. I, so I will definitely watch the zeitgeist thing. Yeah. And I'm going to recommend to all of you out there that if you are indeed interested in anything that I have brought up today, go check out this ancient astronauts television show. Um, you will be entertained. You know what? I, I will summarize it as that. I don't know if you learn anything, but you will be entertained. That is, that's a fact. And you might ask yourself some questions. I know I did. Right. Even though I've been the skeptical hater here. But... Well, and there's definitely things that it's pushed me to want to look more into. Like, oh, I never knew that part about human history. Like, regardless of what they're saying, like, I didn't know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about that. And so doing more research and everything. But highly, highly recommend that you go do that. And remember, always question what you're told. This seems to be a reoccurring theme in our podcast. <laughs> Triangulate the signal. Get a story from one source. Find an opposite source and compare the same story. Right. And find a third source. And somewhere in the middle of the triangle is the truth. 
That's right. Triangulate the signal. Now, I honestly think that we should make that into a t-shirt. We will. <laughs> source, source, source. Truth. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. I just think it would be a cool t-shirt. No, I'm saying the truth, whatever that is. <laughs> I know what you I question that. I so. know what you Oh, meant. I'm sorry. I, I thought... <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Until next time. See you later, everyone. Stay out of prison. Walk in the shade.